You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. I'm Katrina Ogilvie. I'm a children's occupational therapist and the mum of two boys born prematurely. I'm also the founder of a premature baby charity, The Smallest Things. Welcome listeners to Mother of All Solutions in November 2022. I'm delighted to be joined by Katrina Ogilvie, who's the founder of The Smallest Things, a charity that supports babies and parents through premature birth and the issues surrounding that. So welcome, Katrina. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm good today. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm really looking forward to talking to you today because it is World Prematurity Day. um, And also, well, celebrating is the wrong word, but we're marking World Prematurity Month through November, right? Oh, and I think celebrating can be a really good word because parents like to celebrate the achievements that all their children born prematurely have along the way. It can be a real battle from the the very start. So Mm. we do celebrate our children born prematurely, but also it's a big day to raise awareness of the longer term impact of premature birth for, for children and families and the journey that they go on. Excellent. Oh, that's so nice just to start that with the positivity of like, you know, what, what people go through and what they achieve and celebrating that. So we'll keep that in mind as we talk through um, what the issues are. So in your intro piece, you said you founded it having experienced um, having a child prematurely. Your eldest is now 11 is that yeah right? so yeah. Samuel's now 11 um he was born very prematurely at 29 weeks gestation um I was really unaware that I was about to have a baby very soon and mm. very early and my waters broke very suddenly as I was getting out of bed and um I still remember texting my boss as I was heading up to the hospital saying oh, I might not be in today mm. not knowing that actually I wouldn't be back into work for for months mm. um because I was going to have my baby that that day wow and had you had any medical hints anything absolutely none absolutely normal normal good pregnancy Mm. um I know it's sort of ironic looking back on it Mm. as a children's occupational therapist I actually worked in neonatal care for some time Mm. um and I still remember when the GP asked which hospital I'd like to be booked into I Mm. sort of joked saying oh well King's College Hospital would be good because I know the unit there and if anything goes wrong um that's where I would like to be Mm. Uh, Little did I know that's actually something would would go wrong. And Samia yeah. was born sort of two and a half months early. Wow. So you were in hospital for an extended period of time. Um, so were you in hospital for for that full kind of preterm, or how how did how did that work? I've never been through it personally. Yeah. So so Samuel yeah. was born. Um, I went up to hospital on Friday morning after my waters had broken. He was born a few hours later mm. and taken straight away, being resuscitated to the neonatal intensive care mm. unit. Um, I was actually discharged home mm. later that day, and that was a really hard thing mm. to be going home without your baby. I really felt. Mm like uh, it was almost like a bereavement a Mm. loss um, because my baby suddenly wasn't with me Mm. Um, and you go home without your baby knowing that he was very ill and unwell on on a ventilator in in hospital and then our journey started there really he was in hospital for eight weeks Um, like many families who go through neonatal intensive care it's a bit of a roller coaster journey you sort of take two steps forward one one step back yeah and um, we brought him home in September. Okay. Yeah. And and so this was a, a while ago now. He's a, yeah. he's, a, he's a grown boy finishing primary yeah. school now. And um, so when you got home and you 
had your your beautiful baby boy back home with you, did it start to feel more and I'm using my kind of fingers to do the uh, inverted commas normal then or did you still feel slightly anxious or how did you feel at that stage? It is a real collection of emotions and this mm. is what families tell us um, that the smallest things that actually bringing your baby home from hospital you feel like it should be a really happy joyous mm. occasion but actually it can be really scary mm. and terrifying yeah. for weeks or months mm. you've had medical teams looking after your baby um, you may have been supporting some of that by doing your, your baby's cares and sort of caring for them on the unit but you've always had a a backup and mm. suddenly you're at home with your baby on their own um, and I think also when you get home you can mm. start to process mm. what has happened and that's what lots of families tell us that actually you know the adrenaline kicks in while on you're on the unit there is support around you and you just you just get through it mm. but when you come home that's that's when it becomes more difficult sometimes the for families of, absolutely yeah. processing mm. what what you've you've been through um knowing that your journey has been very different mm. from other other families so for example you know if if you've joined mum and baby groups mm. you'll be having conversations with them about how your baby is doing mm. the first thing when you meet another new parent that they ask is how old is your baby mm. and for a parent of a premature baby that's a really it sounds silly it's yeah, a really it difficult so question to answer mm. because your baby has been born preterm so you mm. talk about their chronological age but you also talk about their corrected age so how mm. old they would have been if they'd been born mm. at full term so for example you know when I first started meeting other parents I might say that my baby was six months old or had been born six months ago mm. but actually he appeared more like a, a three and a half mm. month old baby and it was then very difficult and families tell us this the whole time to sort of you feel like you're having to explain yes, okay. or make excuses. Mm. Um, and actually what you don't want is to relive mm. the journey. Um, but that's sort of what parents go through. Yeah, It mm. can be really sort of isolating. I can imagine. And so you have your baby and then you set up the smallest things when he was three. Am I correct in, in yeah, that? Yeah, so it, yeah. Was, um, it was when Samuel turned three or just after he, he turned three or... Um, I realised that we were still very much on a journey after neonatal intensive care. He was admitted to hospital or certainly had A&E admissions for respiratory difficulties probably about once every six weeks, okay. which was this real strain on us as a family, um, a real strain on me sort of work-wise as yeah. well. I was having to take lots of unplanned leave yeah. from work, which unfortunately my employer was starting to be not very happy with mm. um, and that in itself was difficult and it was difficult for Samuel because he was mm. he was a poorly a lot of the time mm. um, as a family we were still trying to process what we'd been through yeah as well and I realized that actually not many people understood the journey that we'd been on or mm. indeed that we were still on that journey there was very little awareness at that time so 11 years ago there wasn't much talk about the mental health needs of parents after yeah, yeah. neonatal intensive care. And I just thought, well, I'm going to write about my experiences okay. to let people know. Never intended to set up a charity. I set okay. up a Facebook group and a, a blog. And within a couple of months, I was inundated wow. by parents getting in touch to say, I thought it was just me who felt like this. 
And it was it was reassuring for me yeah. because it wasn't just me who felt like that, even though I knew, you know, it can't be me that, mm. that feels alone mm. in this journey. Um, and very quickly there was sort of a community was set up around parents who'd experienced premature birth but had come home and felt very alone that nobody was really there for the journey after yeah. neonatal care. Yeah, how did you manage care. that? Wow, so the charity <laughs> quickly emerged. So the charity very quickly emerged from that. There was suddenly this this space mm. really for a charity that didn't exist um, to support parents after they'd left the, the neonatal unit. That's amazing. So you're looking after your own family, you're yeah. working as an occupational therapist and you're, you're setting up this charity. And how did you go about sort of thinking about the aims and ambitions of the charity? What what did you sort of set out to achieve with it and what what is your vision now for the support you want to give? So absolutely, it's a really good question. Um, and the difficult thing with that question is there is so much mm. because there are so many different needs for parents and, and children born prematurely mm. in that journey. So for example, you know, going from the very first things that we looked at changing, what could make a real tangible difference mm. for families was around parental leave okay so at the moment if your baby is born prematurely or admitted to neonatal care your parental leave starts on that very day so could be up to three months could be up to could be up to three months so for me it was eight weeks eight weeks in hospital was my maternity leave spent in hospital um and there's other difficulties that go with that so for example because my maternity leave had started much earlier Mm. than we'd intended Mm. we didn't have those last few months of Mm working to be able to save a bit more additional money to take longer mm. off you also spend a lot of money while your baby's in hospital things like um, hospital parking charges having okay. to eat meals out if you've got other children you're then yeah. needing to pay for additional childcare. Okay. so mm. just by the nature of having a baby ill in hospital is, is a very costly mm. experience um, and parents tell us all the time that they really struggle mm. with that At the moment, dads and partners are having to choose between going back to work or being able to be with their baby in the neonatal unit. And that's not a choice that anybody should be having to make. Mm. Uh, my, my husband uh, would come and visit Samuel after he'd been at work mm. for a whole day and he would come to the neonatal unit in the evening wearing a suit, um, hoping maybe to have a cuddle with Samuel. But mm. if Samuel had had his cares or a feed just before he'd arrived on the unit, he wouldn't be able to hold him and you know that looking back on it it just seems extraordinary Mm. that he was going off to work every day while his baby was in intensive care on a ventilator Mm. Uh, there's no other situation that dads and partners really would be expected to do that if you had a child in intensive care you would be able to um, access compassionate leave or unpaid leave Um, but just because your baby's born prematurely yeah at the moment families don't have access to that so we really wanted to campaign to to make a change in that area so they those were the things you were very aware of and lots of other other issues as you said early on absolutely absolutely so you know that's that's the first first Mm. hurdle after coming home from neonatal care you know at the The moment the practicalities and you know mums particularly will say to us I've only just brought my baby home Mm. and now I'm having to think about going back to work. Mm. 
Um, and that's just too soon, as as we've mentioned. You know, there, yeah. there's lots of mental health needs and ongoing health needs of the baby. Yeah. Um, and in a, a survey back in 2017, 10% uh, of mums told us that they were fully planning on going back to work, but actually felt they couldn't go back to work and didn't return to the workplace purely because it was too soon to go back yeah um the pressures the pressures it was yeah. just just too much and yeah. you know they needed that extra time yeah to be with their baby at home yeah and I, I was reading through some of the reports that you've produced and i'll put the links to those so people who want to find out more mm. about the smallest things can read those but there was a, a quote that um, was on your Insta feed, but mm -hmm. came from your most recent report, um, which is after neonatal intensive care report of 2021. And it's the mum of a very preterm baby. Um, so she said, I feel that I ran on adrenaline during the eight weeks that my boy was in the NICU. So that's the neonatal intensive care unit. And it hit me like a bus once we returned home. Anxiety, postnatal depression, PTSD a lot right I mean it really is and I think what's really sounds silly but nice in a way is that parents are talking openly now about these things when I came home from the neonatal unit mm -hmm. 11 years ago nobody was talking about mm -hmm. PTSD yeah. after premature birth or after having a baby poorly yeah. in a neonatal unit mm. um, and it's because parents have been sharing their mm. stories and talking openly about the realities of firstly what it's like having yeah, a baby yeah. on an intensive care unit but then how they feel when when mm. they come home and unfortunately there just isn't the support yeah. out there at the moment for those those families to access after they leave the unit mm. and even the feelings that might not manifest as you know significantly as you know diagnosed mm -hmm. depression or PTSD but I know in that report there was some stats around just feelings of guilt and loneliness Absolutely. so those sort of broader feelings of just what could I have done I'm not relating uh, to people in this and... Absolutely so of course you know when you do have a baby born early your first instinct as a parent is to to want to know why and actually in lots of cases they don't know why and and you can f experience that guilt of you know well, have I done something or I did have I not done enough mm. but there is a real sense of loneliness mm. I think when parents bring their babies home from hospital mm. so for example accessing mum and baby groups yeah. can be really difficult for the reasons I mentioned earlier those difficult questions about how old is your baby yeah, yeah. and having to explain their preterm birth parents then actually stop going to those groups mm. um Premature babies are also really fragile to coughs and colds during yeah. the winter season. So uh, some parents um, become worried about taking, taking their babies to, to mm. those, those sort of groups and things like that. Mm. Um, and I think what a parent of a baby who spent time on the neonatal intensive care unit will tell you is you can't really truly understand mm. what it's like unless you've mm. been there. And I think that in itself can be quite a lonely experience mm. I certainly know from my own experiences once we brought Samuel home from hospital mm. people thought well you know that's really nice he's home that mm. difficult time is over and I think in those first few days perhaps we thought oh that difficult time is over and actually it was sort of our journey was just really beginning yeah yeah well that's why it's so important that you you know started the smallest things to create this space to to 
raise awareness Absolutely. support others and, and that's yeah. very much what the mm. charity's about it's mm. sort of being there for the journey that mm. journey after neonatal intensive care that we know mm. lasts a long long time so mm. it's not just in those first few months and years it's mm. it's thinking about starting school mm. uh, we know children born preterm while they may not have special educational needs they're certainly at increased risk of okay. having special educational needs and there needs to be more work about highlighting the additional support that they may require when they're in school. Yeah. So it really is a, a long journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you have a, another child, so... Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we also have Jack, who is now, I was going to say eight, and he'll kill me for that because he's now nine. Oh, my goodness. Um, my, my two boys are growing up. Mm. Um, Jack was also born prematurely. Okay. Um, he was born at 34 weeks okay. gestation. Okay. And I think if you've had a 29-weeker, actually 34 weeks is a bit more manageable. Yeah. But Jack did spend two weeks in neonatal care. That's still a significant It's still time. a significant yeah. time. And the one thing somebody said to me really early on, and it's really mm-hmm. stuck with me, is that there is no competition when it comes to neonatal care. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is going on their own journey their children will have been born at different gestations but actually as soon as you set foot inside a neonatal unit you've become a neonatal parent you've still whether your baby's admitted for a few days or a few months you still have that experience of having to go home without your baby which is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking and those sort of experiences just the sounds and the smells Mm. and the the just the unit in itself can stay with you a long time so you know between three days three weeks Mm. three months there is no competition so you know I I make light of Jack being born at at 34 weeks if that's your first experience that's that's really early um the the tricky thing with Jack is he was actually born quite quickly at home okay completely unplanned so we we did have to be blue lighted down to the local hospital yeah yeah Um, lots going on lots going on but he's very proud of the fact that you know I was born in the living room that's (laughs) that's his room in the house I was born here it's my room so that's my territory yeah Yeah, absolutely he's also told us we can never move house because of it so uh, yeah that's that's his room yeah so I suppose though that I'm not saying that's necessarily how you planned any of this, but, you know, the fact that your second birth, your second child is a preterm mm-hmm. birth as well, just provides more impetus and empathy for getting the smallest things campaigning and absolutely. doing the support work it is doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's also understanding once you've had a premature baby, it doesn't mean your next baby is going to be born preterm. Yeah. You are at in- increased risk. But it's also knowing that, you know, when you do go through a second mm. pregnancy after having a baby in intensive yeah. care, that can be a really worrying time I was say, in itself. Um, mm. So during my second pregnancy, we were still having Samuel being admitted to hospital. Mm. So I was pregnant with Jack while caring for Samuel being admitted to hospital regularly. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, Jack... Jack came along nice and suddenly in the front room to join us. (laughs) And then alongside, you know, all that juggling of the health needs, Mm -hmm. but your work life, you know, you're out of the hospital and, you know, you've talked about Mm -hmm. the issues with work then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you're returning to work and you're back in the system, you're still doing healthcare appointments. It is a lot to juggle, isn't it? And I think you were saying off mic before we started recording your work journey's changed a bit 
to accommodate your family needs absolutely as well. yeah mm. I mean I've been lucky in a sense that I have been able to change my work a little bit I'm, mm. I'm still a children's occupational therapist but I work independently mm. now which has allowed me to be a bit more flexible which mm. is fantastic um both the boys are really fit and healthy and well mm. now um but in those early years it was was really challenging and is challenging mm. for for lots of families mm. um we know from the research that we have done as the smallest things nearly half of babies are readmitted back to hospital okay. after they leave the unit so it is a it is a high number of parents going through these experiences mm. so talking back to the initial aims and the things you thought you could make some changes mm-hmm. with and on around parental leave let's pick up on that because I know that that was your starting point but it yeah. stayed because it's a long process so it's yeah <laughs> you've you set up a petition which was around the idea of the hashtag not mat leave yeah. and how do we get campaign for mm-hmm. extensions around paternity leave parental leave yeah. um that petition gained quite a lot of support I believe in 2016 it did mm. 2016 and the start of the campaign seems a long long time mm-hmm. ago now but um I think I was just sitting in the living room and thought, right, you know, how are we going to change this? And I thought, well, a quick thing, you know, let's just start by a petition. Yeah. Um, and then I saw the numbers tick up. It sort of, you know, got to 10,000, 20,000. And within a couple of weeks, we'd reached a uh, 100,000. Mm. And uh, we were suddenly all over local and national media, right. um, which was fan- fantastic. Mm. And the big thing was that people hadn't been aware that after you have a premature baby or a baby n- admitted to neonatal intensive care, the families were starting their, their parental leave journey right then. Yeah. People just didn't know about it. So as soon as people knew about it, everybody quite rightly thought, well, how can this mm. be right? How can this yeah. be right? Um, it's been a long journey from that initial starting the campaign. Um, we've had lots and lots of meetings with various ministers yeah. over the years. Um, seem to be changing quite quickly yeah. over more recent years. Um, but we've kept up the pressure. Uh, we managed to get a commitment in um, the Conservative Party manifesto that they would bring in parental, extended parental leave for families admitted to neonatal care. Then we had to keep up the pressure yeah. again to get them to, to commit Uh, um, to that pledge Um, that went a little bit by the wayside but we were lucky to have some very supportive MPs and one MP at the moment Stuart MacDonald who is bringing through a private members bill to bring in the legislation which has got cross-party support for it and it is well on its way to fingers crossed we've got a few more hurdles to jump but fingers crossed becoming legislation yeah because well it's fantastic news because I know I think six months ago or something like that I remember reading something in the press or on social Mm -hmm. media around that bill sort of starting and going through whatever reading stage it was at there are various various Mm. reading stages and um and um myself and Sarah Miles who's is one of the other trustees of the charity we went up actually to to see that reading happen and it was really emotional Mm. for both of us because we were sitting there listening to actually politicians sharing their experiences mm. of having a premature baby yeah. Yeah. Um, and listening to MPs talk about why this is a really important mm. change. And it was just lovely to hear those voices of parents in yeah. Parliament 
reflecting how we had felt on our journeys and understanding that a change really needs to happen. Um, I think the thing is now is we need that change to happen as soon as possible. Yeah, and I know these things can take a long time, but hopefully Mm -hmm. you're at that point now, you get through the next and hopefully final stage, and then it would be passed as legislation if all goes well next year. So if all goes well, the legislation should pass sort of by spring next year 2023 yeah. um it won't unfortunately come into effect for families probably until 2024 okay. as i understand it at the moment um we are pushing for that to come in sooner Soon. we mm. don't want families to have to wait longer okay. Okay. um but employers can be supporting families yeah. now as a charity we set up our employer with heart scheme um again back in 2016 when we started the petition because mm. we knew um actually to be honest back in 2016 I don't think any of us really thought that we'd get the legislation changed but it was a starting point and it was where where we were going to fight hard for Mm. but we went out to employers and said look you know we don't actually need the law to be changed you can be doing this now and we knew that good employers would do that and and they have done that um but we needed the legislation to be changed so that all employers offer that yes so employers can be making a change now and Once the legislation does come into effect, we still will be asking employers to go above and beyond their statutory duties. Yeah. So the employer with heart scheme that you've highlighted, Mm -hmm. I imagine it was probably bigger companies that maybe made those changes that's a really good question actually it's a not, real not. real mix good. so we have it's, it's really good actually you know we, we have big organization organizations you know for example um nationwide and yeah. sony music um the bbc even changed yeah. their parental leave policies off the back of it but we also have some really small sort of startup companies Great. sort of you know who have one or two employees who've who've changed their yeah. legislation um, we have lots of NHS trusts, um, police forces, um, uh, local authorities. Mm. So a real, real mix of, of organisations who, who are changing their, their policies. So if listeners today have either been through this experience themselves of having a baby preterm, or maybe they are just listening and feeling, actually, that's something that, you know, should not be happening mm-hmm. as in the parental leave should not be kicking in so yeah. early when people are struggling and going through such an intense experience in hospital like what could they do you know to bring about i don't know some change with their employers is there something they yeah. could direct them to yes absolutely so we have lots of information on our website around the employer with heart charter okay um that companies can sign up to and that really asks them to to do three really simple things mm. we think they're simple yeah. um <laughs> uh, one is, is to extend parental leave by the number of days a baby was born early okay so to take into account that corrected age that that we were talking about yeah um and to offer additional leave for partners as right. well so that they can be with their baby in hospital it's so important yeah and then the third thing which is really really important is to be flexible when a parent returns back to work after their baby yeah, um, yeah. comes home from hospital, um, lots of families have follow-up appointments. As I've yeah. mentioned, you know, sometimes hospital readmissions and it's being able to offer mm. that sort of compassion mm. to understand what a family is going through. You know, mm. these these parents want to be back in work, but actually it can be difficult sometimes. And they yeah. do need that little bit of extra flexibility to support them. Yeah, oh, they sound 
great asks and I'm sure you know, decent employers. And I think there's a lot more conversation around what employers can do to support families now. So I'm sure it's there just really is, yeah, part absolutely. of that understanding of various situations that families are in. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a really important one. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, super pleased that you're getting so far with your parliamentary bill, um, but also that this option for employers to support upfront is there. Definitely. Mm. And it, it's one thing as a charity that, that we keep talking about mm. that, you know, Actually, it's fantastic. Our, our, our big, big aim mm. a number of years ago was to to get the law changed. Mm. And we know that will support many, many more families. But we still want employers to go above and beyond and go further. That they often do already for, yeah. for parental leave statutory yeah. um, uh, policy. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. And then just to wrap up, Katrina, with it being World Prematurity Month and obviously the specific day to highlight these issues, is there anything else you feel you want to kind of share with our listeners or highlight about the fantastic work that you're doing uh, through the smallest things? I think the big thing, and hopefully that's come through as we've been chatting, is really that the smallest things is a charity that's there for the journey. We really are, from the moment you leave the neonatal doors um, through to your child starting school, going all the way up through through school and beyond. You know, we really are there for that journey. Um, raising awareness of those needs firstly Mm. um you know until quite recently a lot of those needs were hidden Mm. and we're now shining a light on on that journey and the difficulties that families can face along the way um and that yeah we're 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 really there and sort of Mm. walking hand in hand i think with families and Mm. the big thing about us as the smallest things is we get it Mm. everybody who volunteers or or works or supports the smallest things have had a premature baby Mm. experience so we really understand we've been there we get it many of us are still on that journey with families as well so amazing well thank you thank you very much for having us and how can people find you on all those various socials i'll obviously put the website link yeah on those those social links. social so uh we're on facebook or insta and twitter at um underscore smallest things uh you can also get involved with our hashtag after nico or particularly today you know just hashtag world prematurity day and join the conversation that's amazing thank you so much thank and you i really appreciate you taking the time to record today um and to, to you know highlight some of those things that families go through in these special circumstances and celebrate the achievements of those families so thank you so much katrina You've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions on World Prematurity Day with your host, Laura Broderick. If you have enjoyed the episode, please do share it with your contacts, your network or your socials. That would be much appreciated because it's really important work that my guest today, Katrina Ogilvy, has been doing with The Smallest Things. Um, And if you'd like to listen out for more Mother of All Solutions episodes, please do subscribe or you can connect with me on Insta and Twitter as at Solutions Mother. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye.